The American Cancer Society's estimates for cervical cancer in the United States for 2023 are about 13,960 new cases of invasive cervical cancer will be diagnosed, and about 4,310 women will die from cervical cancer. Hi, my name is Talia, and welcome to Let's Be Proactive. On today's episode, we'll be talking about preventing cervical cancer. Joining me in this episode are fellow well-informed colleagues that will walk you through all the different ways you can help to prevent cervical cancer. So what even is cervical cancer? Cervical cancer is a type of cancer affecting the cells of the cervix that is transmitted through sexual contact and can be prevented by getting regular pap tests, regular STI screenings, the vaccine, and utilizing the UGA Health Center and their resources. Now, to give you a little bit more background information about cervical cancer, we have Margaret. Hi everyone, I will be discussing some background knowledge about cervical cancer and just giving you guys some information about this cancer that we should all be aware of. Cervical cancer is a type of cancer that involves the growth of a malignant tumor in the cells of the cervix. First of all, many people are unaware of where exactly the cervix is within the female reproductive system. The cervix is the lower, narrow end of the uterus and is sometimes called the neck of the uterus. The cervix connects the end of the uterus to the vagina, which forms the birth canal, which together forms the birth canal. This organ allows fluids to pass between the uterus and the vagina and keep toxic substances out of the body. When the healthy cells of the cervix change or become infected and grow, they can form a tumor known as cervical cancer. There are a few specific causes of cervical cancer. For one, being exposed to diethylstilbestrol, DES, between 1940 and 1971, this was a drug given to pregnant women to prevent miscarriage. However, women who took this have an increased risk of developing clear cell adenocarcinoma, which is a type of cervical cancer. In addition, smoking or breathing in secondhand smoke increases your risk of developing cervical cancer. Smoking can decrease certain immune responses, therefore increasing possible risks for cervical cancer. However, cervical cancer is primarily caused by long-lasting human papillomavirus, or HPV. HPV is one of the most common STIs and is transmitted through sexual contact. According to Cancer.gov, there are over 100 different types of HPV, but two of the high-risk types, type 16 and type 18, cause about 70% of cervical cancer worldwide. The truth is, most people in their lifetime will come in contact with HPV and be infected. However, most of these infections will go away by themselves as the immune system controls the infections. With these infections being short, they do not cause cancer. However, when the infection is a high-risk type and is persistent, then it can possibly cause cervical cancer. Okay, you may be wondering, how is cervical cancer even transmitted? Well, to give you a little bit more information on that, we have Snigda. HPV is transmitted through the intimate skin-to-skin -skin contact through sexual intercourse. This is why people most at risk for HPV are those who engage in sexual activity more often, including those who become sexually active at a younger age and those who have multiple sexual companions. It is important to remember, however, that there are constant racial and ethnic disparities of cervical cancer in the U.S., it has been found that black women are 30% more likely to develop and 60% more likely to die from cervical cancer, according to AJPM. These numbers can be explained by the differences in socioeconomic statuses between various racial communities. 
Lower socioeconomic status is correlated with a higher cervical cancer incidence and mortality rate. This is due to lower quality sex education and resources to seek out medical resources such as regular screenings for timely diagnosis. Additionally, bisexual women are significantly more likely to have cervical cancer than heterosexual women. Also, about 33% of the LGBTQ community experience discrimination when it comes to cancer treatment. These communities are often overlooked when addressing cervical cancer. Therefore, more attention and medical care should be directed at lower income and queer individuals who tend to be greatly affected by cervical cancer. Asian women, on the other hand, have a much lower risk for cervical cancer, even though the reason is unknown. However, due to this reason, Asian women tend to be the most overdue for screening because they are confident about getting cervical cancer at a lower rate. It is important to remember that all women are at risk for cervical cancer and getting screened is important to be aware for their status. Now that you know some background information on cervical cancer and how it is transmitted, let's talk about prevention methods with Melissa. One of the most effective tools for decreasing HPV transmission, therefore decreasing the risk of cervical cancer, is getting the HPV vaccine. For the various STIs, there are currently effective vaccines against HPV, hepatitis A, and hepatitis B. According to the CDC, these vaccines are highly effective with around 98% of recipients developing an antibody response. There are currently three HPV vaccines available. However, only Gardasil 9 is distributed in the U.S. and it protects against nine different types of HPV. The HPV vaccine is recommended for everyone under 26 years of age and can start to be given after age 9. It is encouraged that children should get the vaccine between ages 11 and 12, in which they would be given two doses, given 6 to 12 months apart. However, children who start the vaccination process after age 15 should receive three doses given over six months. Cervical cancer is one of the most preventable cancers since there are so many screening opportunities and prevention resources available, the first being regular testing and screening. Pap smears are one of the best ways to screen for cervical cancer. A pap smear is a test that takes cells from the vagina and cervix that are then tested to see if they are cancerous or not. Most people get their first pap smear around 21 years old, then get one about every 3 years until you turn 30 and then reduce to about every 5 years. There are also specific tests for HPV, the main culprit of cervical cancer, that can be performed upon request or every 5 years along with your regular pap smear. Regular STD screenings are important not just for preventing cervical cancer, but for maintaining your general well-being and health. It may be awkward, but it's important to ask your sexual partners about their STD status, as well as being transparent about your own before hooking up. Speaking about hookups, having safe sex is so much more important than most people realize, and I'm going to tell you a few ways to make having safe sex easier. Being a college student can make it seem difficult to schedule doctor's appointments, but the UGA Health Center makes prevention easy. The Health Center has a gynecology clinic that students should definitely take advantage of. I want to start by saying that if your health center fees are paid and you have insurance on file, most appointments and services at the health center should be free of cost, making it much more accessible to students than other places. The gynecology clinic provides pap smears and STD screenings. They also provide contraceptives and emergency contraceptives if that's what you need. One of the coolest services they provide, in my opinion, is called Condom Express. They provide condoms and safe sex supplies completely free to students. There's a form you can fill out on their website. You can have your order discreetly shipped to your dorm if you live on campus or pick it up at the health center in discreet packaging. 
They have male condoms, female condoms, and lubricants, so no matter who you're having sex with, you can be safe and protected. Contraception can be a difficult topic when seeing a new person, but don't let that spook you from protecting yourself. And remember that condoms don't just prevent pregnancy, they also prevent STDs, which prevent cervical cancer. So if you're having queer sex and don't want to use contraception because you can't get pregnant, remember that STDs do exist and you're not invincible. Queer sex education is often overlooked, which leads to uninformed people making uninformed decisions regarding their bodies and health, which leads to higher rates of STDs. Contraception is an important conversation to have with your partner no matter who you're having sex with. When someone is practicing safe sex, even if they're only concerned about one type of STD, they are helping prevent almost all of them. According to the National Institutes of Health, when condoms are used correctly, HPV transmission is reduced by 85% and hepatitis B is reduced by 90%. So please, just use a condom. It's not that hard, especially when they're free. There was a lot of information covered in this episode, but we want people to remember that cervical cancer is more common than many may think, but it can be prevented through mindful decision making. That's why it is so important to keep yourself educated on the different ways to protect yourself. It is essential to get your vaccines, practice safe sex, and know about health resources near you. All of these things will help you keep you safe from HPV and developing cervical cancer. Let's be proactive and work together to prevent cervical cancer.